Alright, tonight I want to deal with a topic of I must. I must. Sounds like an interesting topic, eh? Turn, to your, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And this is a story that Jesus Christ was on, his, on a road. Let's pick it up at verse 3. He, this is Jesus. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Okay? And some Bibles, who's got another translation other than the New King James? What does your Bible say? He had to go through. Anybody else? Alright? Some places was said that he needed to. Some places said that he had to go through it. And it wasn't that he had to. If you look on the map, it wasn't the shortest way to get there. So it wasn't like, I, you know, if I'm now going to the beach, I have to go through a certain suburb to get there. You know what I mean? It wasn't that it was on the road. He actually did a detour to go through there. And so the question is, why did Jesus have to go through to Samaria? And if you look further, it was the whole story about the woman at, at, the, uh, at the water well. Remember the Samaritan that he spoke to. Now remember that when you start talking about Samaria, it is not the most like people of the Jewish nation. Okay, for those of you who don't know, the Samaritans were a real downcast uh, race as far as the Jews went. How did the Samaritans come to being? Is, is remember that when Israel got taken captive, and they were they were taken captive in two parts. They were a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom were taken captive by Assyria. Okay? The southern kingdom was taken captive by Babylon. Alright? The northern kingdom that got taken captive by Assyria ended up marrying some of the Assyrians. And they became the Samaritans. So they were a mixed breed. So when an Israelite speaks about a Samaritan, he was looking at somebody who he considered a mixed breed. He did not appreciate them. They were not accepted. Because only the southern kingdom, which was the kingdom that was taken by Babylon, went back to Israel like we know it. And they are the Jews like you and I know Israel. Okay. So now when you speak about a Samaritan to a Jew... It is really a disgusting uh, discussion. They don't want to know about them. They see them as a mixed, uh, a mixed breed and a half breed. And they really are not very happy with them. But yet, Jesus Christ had to go through Samaria. He was compelled to go to Samaria so that he could minister to this one lady. Now if you look at the whole story, whenever you see the, the Samaritan stories through the Bible, you will see that they were never ever considered um, very well off or very well liked. That's why the story of the Good Samaritan is so important. Because it said, all the Jewish people, sought over the priest, and so it carried on, ignored the guy that was bleeding, remember? And then the Samaritan, who was the downcast, the one that everybody rejected, carried the answer and the, the, the uh, compassion to bring this person to wholeness. So what is this about? Remember that Jesus Christ has given us an example that the gospel was for everybody. 
that he had to go to Samaria is the point I want you to see. He had to go there because the Holy Spirit was compelling him to go. My question to us is this, is what is the thing that you must do? What is the thing that God is starting to prompt you to do? What is the thing that you sit day in and day out and you know that God is not letting you go with this thing? If you have nothing, you should be asking God for something. You should be saying, God, I'm ready to be used. Start prompting me for something. Start giving me a burden for something. Start giving me something that I must do. I want us to turn to Acts chapter 20 quickly. And I want you to see something. And we've used this particular example a few times. But I want you to have a look at this quickly. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Verse 22. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit. Verse 20. Okay, now this is Paul speaking. It says, How I've kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go okay, in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that the chains and tribulations await me. So here we see that in verse 22, it says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit. What does that mean? It means that Paul was compelled to go. Whose Bible uses the word compelled? What, read that verse quickly. Uh, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Okay, now compelled by the Spirit, Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem. In other words, it's not something that he just thought was a good idea. It is not something that you are going to think is a good idea. My challenge to you tonight is this, is what is the thing that God says you must do? In my life, there have been many, many things that I know, like I know that God has spoken to me. There have been times when I wake up in the morning and I get a strong feeling that I need to give somebody a prophetic word, for instance. I'll shake it off. Four hours later, I'll get the same thing. You know, I remember sitting down as a young guy, and I'm probably about 18, 19 years old. Like I could drive, so it must have been after 18. All right? And I remember that I had to physically climb in a car and go and drive to this person's uh, house and go and give them a prophetic word, which was very strange for me at the time because I wasn't operating very strong in the prophetic. And then had to give them a word. As soon as I finished, this whole burden came off me. To today, I still have the same feeling every time I think about it, that urgency to go and do this thing. So I want to challenge us today. Let's be sensitive to the must. Being led by the Spirit means that you are going to have a compulsion put on you. You are going to have a must put on you. And I want to ask you tonight, what is your must? And the next question that I have is, how often are you busy with a must in your life? If I ask you this, when was the last time that you felt compelled to do something? And you go, well, in 1943, I remember something happened. Come on. A lot of us are being quite slack in saying, God, what do you want me to do? 
I am ready, I am willing, and I am able. I'm going to pray in the Spirit until something starts stirring in my life. When I sit down at night and I'm going to go and sleep, God, speak to me in the night. Show me in a vision, show me in a dream. Stir something in my spirit so that I can do what you're telling me to do. Because as we start doing that, God is going to start rewarding us. Remember that this is not about you. How many of you enjoy the gifts of the Spirit? Come on. Okay. Have you noticed that not one of the gifts are for you? Not one of the gifts of the Spirit are for you. It's for somebody else. And yet, we are making Christianity all about me. We are making it all about my comfort zone, my success, you know, my name, my accomplishments, whatever else. And God's going, it's not about you. It's never been about you. It has been about me and my bride. One bride. But every part is important. Every person needs to fulfill their role. There's one body and every joint must bring life to the next joint. I want to tell you right now, if we do not start operating in the must, we are actually letting the body of Jesus Christ die. Because if the joint doesn't supply to the next one, it is going to kill off the supply of life. God did not call the fivefold ministry to carry the full responsibility of every single human being on the planet. It is impossible. I cannot sit down and prophesy over a thousand people every day. You see, but the body can. If everybody did one thing every single day, it is amazing how much ground you will cover over a time. So I want to challenge us tonight to seek God and say, God, what is the must? Stir my heart to do something again. Stir my heart to start looking for that thing that is going to set somebody free. Because I want to live every single day according to Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19. I am living to set people free. I am living to break captivity. I am there to come and heal the broken hearted. I am there to make a difference wherever I go. But if you are not having that attitude, then you're going to have to sit down and say to God, God, stir me up again. Because once you get that compulsion going again, it's one of the biggest motivating factors. Because when you do what God has told you to do, or stirred you to do, or compelled you to do. You see, Paul didn't say, I had a nice feeling. I didn't have a desire. You know? It's not like, oh, that was a nice feeling, I really want to do that. Remember how strong his compulsion was, that even when the prophets prophesied of him, remember the guy with all the daughters? And they all prophesied and said, don't go to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound. After that he goes, I'm compelled to go. I'm compelled. I know like I know like I know that I have to go. Am I going to get beaten? Probably. Am I going to be in chains? Probably. He ended up in house arrest. In fact, that's where he wrote a lot of the New Testament under house arrest. Why? Because he had to write a letter to his chomis. So, I want to tell you something that we need to stop staying in idle. We need to stop staying in neutral. We need to start saying, God, give me a stirring. Give me an unction every single day. In my natural life, in my normal workplace environment, God, give me an unction for somebody. 
many of you have ever had a feeling where you must phone somebody? Come on. Got a strong feeling. I haven't thought of course forever. Now think of course. We need to start asking God for more of that. Very simple question for tonight is this. What is your must? I must. I must get hold of that person. I must bring life to that person. I must encourage that person. I must go and have lunch with that person. I must go and help that person. You see, once we start doing that, that is being sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit. So what is the reason for these nights? I need to get fired up so that I can get sensitive. I need to get full so that I know I have something to give. When God says to me, I must go to somebody's house. When I walk in there, I must change that atmosphere. I must break everything that is in that place that's not a God. Can you imagine if we had to just go to one family every single week to a different family and just go pray over their house and just allow God to work in that life, in that life or in that family? Guys, we have got to start practicing what we preach. We've got to start practicing the things that we hear. This is not a bless me club. This is a fire event where we say, God, fire me up so that I can go and burn. So that I can walk out of here and go make a difference wherever I go in Jesus' name. Amen? So I want to challenge us. Don't get slack. How many of you ever get to the place where you just not listen anymore? Yes, I know you guys are all spiritual. Oh no, I'm listening every morning, Arthur. I wake up on fire. You must understand, it all depends on what time of the morning I wake up as to how anointed I am. You must understand, the more, the more dark it is, the less anointed I feel. And yet, I have to sit down and say, God, in the midst of this, and you know, some people seem to get a fright when I wake up and they see me without uh, combing my hair or something, you know. <laughs> but the point is, I have to sit down and say, God... I'm going to make a difference today in Jesus' name, no matter what I feel like. And when I get around guys like David and that, that have got this tenacity and say, I'm going to do it no matter what the price, it stirs that element in me. And say, God, if somebody can be so sold out and so single-minded, I can too. And my single-mindedness is I want to set people free. I want to help people. I don't want a devil. And I'm not talking about people who waste your time. I don't have time with, for time wasters either. The guys want to play games, they must go play games somewhere else. The guys who are serious, I want to stand with and help them grow. Because we've got a job to do and we want to make a difference in Jesus' name. So I want to challenge us. Do not get slack in waiting on the Lord. Get into a place of saying, God, what is my must? Next time I'm back, I'm going to ask everybody, what is your must? Did you, don't have to give me detail. Did you have one? If you haven't had one, I'm going to have an altar call for salvation. So you can hear God again. Come on, put up your hand if God's ever told you to do something in your life. Ever. What's everybody going? Uh, I don't know if it was a pizza or God. Come on, every one of us hear God's voice. Every one of us have had God speak to us about something. Okay? I want to ask you to ask God 
to let him talk to you about somebody else. Say, God, give me something for somebody. And we are going to see how that life's going to change. I want to challenge you with this because if you do this, you are going to grow. Do you know how exciting it is when you actually go and do what God says and it was right? When you actually go and do what God says and their lives are changed. And you see, lives change, people set free, and situations changed. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray right now for every single person in this room. Lord, I thank you that we are not going to be uh, Christians that are media, uh, of mediocrity. Lord, that we are not going to be mediocre, but Lord, that we are going to be on fire for you. And Lord, I pray right now that you're going to stir us up in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us a compulsion just like you did for Paul. Lord, like you did in yourself where Jesus had to go through to Samaria. Lord, I pray right now that we are going to have a must in our lives. Lord, that we are going to sit down and have an urgency to get something done. An urgency to go and see somebody. An urgency to bring life to a situation. An urgency to break bondages in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now that we will not be slack in these things, but God, that we will start seeking you in such a way, Lord, that we will have an urgency every single day. Lord, that there will be something in our lives that will bring life to somebody and will push back darkness and break bondages in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for us that we are not going to stay in the same place that we are right now. Lord, that you're going to stir us up to new levels with new authority. And Lord, that we are going to come with a mighty testimony of how that we have brought the word and the word has brought life and has brought deliverance and has changed atmospheres and has changed situations and has changed families. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for this. Amen.